My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you for joining us today. And a uh, couple of, I was going to say a couple new guests. Only one new guest, but one one we're bringing back. It's been a while. It has been a little while. We'll start with him. Steve McLean's here. What's going on, man? Thank you for having me again. Glad I, you're I, back. It's. I was saying uh, in the green room before, you know, you've had this litany of guests since I've been last on. And it's like, man, why would you even want to bring me back at this point? But I'm happy to be here. It's been a, been a minute since I've been in the Ottawa area, and I'm uh, happy to be back. You guys have been cranking out some good shit here lately. That's what we try and do. And uh, and, and you've brought company. I did. Got a brand new guest, someone making his TCA debut. Sebastian Jackson's here. What's happening, man? Oh, not a whole lot. Thanks for having me. You, you get a little liquor in this guy, and he's starting to use words like litany. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't heard that one. No, it's not something we hear all the time out of uh, him. I, I like it, though. The uh, little drink or two and, and everybody's vocabulary expands just a bit. Uh, I got a pint here. I, I know uh, not everybody's feeling that, but uh, that's what I'm doing. This is from the Nita Beer Company, and uh, I showed up there last week. They hadn't even had it wrapped yet. It's just a plain... Cylinder. Yeah, I was going to say you're drinking uh, the ultimate uh, no-name beer. Thing. Honestly, yeah, not even a label on here. So uh, folks this... can't see it. The good listener cannot see it, but it's just a, a yeah, silver no wrap, can, no sticker. It's just yeah, plain uh, <laughs> aluminum can. Uh, this though is their Mr. Brown has gone coconuts, which is one of my favorites. It is a uh, a, a brown ale with coconut infused into it, and uh, it's one of my favorites. I just want to shout out the Need a Beer Company here quickly because on uh, Friday, which is St. Patty's Day. March 17th, they're having a St. Pat's party over at the brewery. No charge to get in, no tickets necessary. It is from noon until 11 p.m. And uh, there are prizes for most enthusiastic St. Patty's Day celebration, right? Whether you're all in green, you can dance an Irish jig. I I don't know what that looks like, but if you show up with some enthusiasm, there are prizes to be had. Irish music going on, a couple of stouts, uh, more information at needabeer.com, that is N-I-T-A beer.com. You're just, uh, you're back from a bit of a tour here. You guys have checked out a couple games. Um, Steve, why don't you start us off here? Where you guys been this weekend? So this past weekend, we've been uh, hitting up the La Belle Provence. Okay. Um, we hit three Q games and a Habs game. Uh we start off the weekend doing. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man, it, it sucked. Honestly, it was. It I don't was, even remember who they were playing on Saturday. The uh, they they were playing the Devils. Okay, so um, the Devils. Yeah, we we went to one earlier this season against Vegas oh, when nice. Montreal had a full lineup, and it was it was honestly it was a fantastic game. Vegas won that six four. Yeah. This weekend, uh, not so much. We saw the first penalty-free game of the season in the <laughs> NHL. Um, no, there's really no spark, was there? No, like, yeah. no, it was just <laughs> Was that your first up. Saturday night in Montreal? Uh, no. no, that, no. He, he, he was at the Vegas couple. game earlier okay. this year, yeah. Because that's always one of those things that I've been told is on like the bucket list, right? you got to see, you got to be it, in Montreal on a Saturday night. It, it's pretty magical. Yeah. Um, Toronto never could pull... Something like Montreal does off. And I'm going to shut off your mic here. <laughs> <laughs> I, Sorry, I, was, I, 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 I agree with you. I've heard. It's just a totally different vibe. I, I live and breathe blue and white. Okay, but, all right. you know, yeah. it, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, it's you're walking downtown and everybody's got to have something, you know, a toque sure. or a jacket, a sweater, a jersey all day. It's kind and, of a vibe, right? Yeah. A buzz around. And they do, vibe. they do it big before the game too. They have, uh, there's an ice rink outside that, you know, plenty of people are skating on and they've got like a bunch of games and the radio station is out there hyping up and they got giveaways. Like, hmm. 
there's just something about being at the Bell Center that that is you know. And just it's, it's from really the word next go, level, right? Yeah. From the word go, the crowd is into it. Maybe not so much this past week, but like ga- the game we did in November was right. was, was uh, well. The Habs fantastic. at that point in November were kind of still surprising people, right? right. They 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 were hanging tough, and right? And the game against Vegas that night was fantastic. Like they were in it. Uh, Suzuki had a couple goals, so as a Storm fan, I was very happy about sure. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was you know going to a Montreal and having I had been to a Leafs game in October for the first time in twenty years, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and only was there because it was like my brother's like bachelor party. And he right, had, he had never been, so we dropped some money on Good. Leafs first stars and sold a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and headed off to the game. <laughs> pretty much, there's a reason why I hadn't been to one in twenty years. Right, and um, and and really the only point in that game where the crowd got really into it was the third period late in the third in overtime okay uh when nick robinson when he seemed yeah 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 didn't that, do it. <laughs> against dallas right right yeah so um that was wild and then it was about i think it was like two weeks later we went to the habs game and it was like man this blows toronto out of the water i'm sorry to say i just, get it it's, yeah you know yeah how it is so um, yeah, it's just it's fantastic. I I could go back to Montreal anytime. We did you know a bit of a miss this time, but it, we still had a good time. And uh, we were in Drummondville on Friday night. That mm-hmm. is a fantastic old barn. Uh, if you're if you're into junior hockey and you like an old like we we say we walk in and we say this place is a dump, and I mean that in the best way possible. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it it beats the what we call cookie cutter new yeah. stuff and. Uh, but you know the quality of, of games that we saw in Blaineville on Thursday and Drummondville on Friday weren't exactly great. <laughs> the attendance in Drummondville on Thursday officially was exactly one thousand. Oh, so that's someone just yeah. wrote one down. You know? <laughs> there might have been like seven hundred people there. Okay. We almost saw a goalie goal though. Oh, it's the one thing. <laughs> It's missing still. Yeah, nine almost nine hundred CHL games. I've yet to see a goalie get one. But um, is that what it is? Your nine hundred games. I I should have had it uh, right up in front of that me. That is here. wild. Yeah. So I'm a nerd. Uh, yeah. I guess to say, <laughs> um, like when I had been back to like I'd only been to like twenty OHL games, and I had a, I had every ticket stub from them. And then one day when I was bored, I decided to just write them all down on a notepad file on my computer. Mm-hmm. And then I kept adding to it and adding to it. And eventually I turned it into a spreadsheet and I added stats. And now we're at where I'm at. I haven't gotten to update it because I've been away all weekend. I'm trying to remember. I think I'm at like, I think these three games this weekend put me at like 800 and. Holy crap. No, it might be around 890 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I should hit 900 before the end of the season. Right. It might actually be at the Memorial Cup in Kamloops. So we'll see. Nice. But, okay. Um, yeah. So we almost saw the goalie gold, which <laughs> was the one point we were all like, oh, and he he did the Ron Hextall, you know, went for the open net, yeah, yeah. cleared everyone. Right. And then it looked like it was going there, but it ended up missing the net by about a foot. So. Okay. Yeah. How long you been chasing the uh, the junior ranks around? Are you knocking them all off the list here, like Steve? Is that your deal? Or yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, officially done half the CHL. Nice. Um, okay. Probably, I believe it was fifteen, sixteen. Um, me and my wife, we was just before we got married, and we had an opportunity to to move out to Vancouver. Hmm. And uh, while that was on the table, I was like, you know what? I got like eight or maybe ten. OHL ranks done. I was like, let's just let's try and do all all twenty. Knock them off, yeah. So, I think I was too short by the end of the year. It was 
And then uh, a couple years ago, like I, I, somewhere crazy up in Sault Ste. Marie or something. Was, or? No, I sat on North Bay for probably two, two or three uh, yeah, seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, out of the blue, he, he, he Steve had called and said, Hey, uh, this Sunday, we're going to go to North Bay. You want to go? And I said, yep. Yeah, exactly. And I, that, that was it. I, I cleared it. And since then I've done 10 Quebec league rinks and Jeez. I've updated any OHL arena that might've been replaced over time sure, too. Yeah. But yeah, I'm. I'm chasing. I pro- I'm I'm probably sitting on another eight years before I get to all sixty, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna get there. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, Sebastian hasn't started knocking off the WHL yet, which it's far. It's, oh, it like is far. It is. Uh, our buddy Kevin Jordan, it's like a two day drive to get out of this province. <laughs> going yeah, west. That's, that's the problem. And my, our our buddy Kevin Jordan, who is much closer to completing the CHL than either of us, uh, he put it at like this: as an OHL fan, you know, OHL is easy mode. The Q is medium, okay. W is hard. Okay, right? yeah, so. expert, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, expert okay. level. But, it's uh, far. Like you look at some of those roadies, right? If you're playing for Brandon, Manitoba, and at some point you got to go out and play in Everett, Washington, yeah. or Vancouver. Like, <clears throat> the, like it's the, not the, the same as having to roll out of like even <laughs> Ottawa down to Kitchener. You're like, man, that's rough on those kids. You're like, no, not compared to the yeah, the WHL. Right? Like laughs at those. Yeah. Like, oh, poor baby, you got to go down to London this weekend. Right. Uh, the, the good thing about the dub is they do have kind of a lot of groups of teams together. Yes. So they do have some of those. Uh, and they roadies. schedule it differently. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, if so, if you're an Eastern conference team like Brandon, you only actually go out to the West coast once every other season. Okay. And you don't like, so, you, you know, if you go to Portland this year, next year, they come to you. Right. You only play that team once per season. Sure. So and kind of similar to the NHL in that regard, a right? Bit. Toronto goes to Anaheim one year, Anaheim would come to you the next year. Yeah. Kind of well, and they have the conferences split into two divisions. So you'll go visit one division while the other division is coming to you that okay. season. And then the next season you flip it up. So every season you do have that one big, long two-week road trip. Sure. But um, it makes it a but little... But it's not like every other weekend you're f- no. going <laughs> two time zones away. Or no, whatever. unless you're like the Prince George Cougars. Those guys would... I think they're the most isolated team in the CHL. Kamloops, I think, would be their closest okay. geographical rival, and it's like a six-hour drive. Yeah, wow. Nobody within six hours of them. Jeez. So it's it can be rough, but... Um, so how was... Uh, Saunt slush puppy over in uh, in Gatineau. I, I always kind of laugh at these. You know, it's obviously it's a French name, but slush puppy is absolutely not. Uh, what's the building like? I, I've I've lived here in Ottawa now for almost ten years. I've never been over to uh, to the rink in Gatineau. It's uh it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, they did a they did a really good job building it. It's still kind of bare bones. Mm-hmm. Like there's not much uh, not much in terms of you know, seats, walls, and, and an ice pad. But, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the environment in there today was, was loud when they scored. It was very fun. Well, probably some of the most comfortable seats in the CHL. Oh, nice. oh yeah. yeah. It, I've been to about three quarters of the CHL, and I, it's top five comfortable seats. Okay, sure. yeah. It doesn't, get, it doesn't get overly warm in there either. Like, <laughs> it's something about going into an arena where, you know, I just want to be cold. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a nice breeze nice. rolling through there. Okay. Um, Especially when it was sold out like it was today. You know, you're all crammed in there. And it's like, well, because they're one of the top teams in the league this year, are they not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're very good. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, they went out and spent at the deadline a little bit. I <laughs> said... You know, the, the, everyone was, you know, especially on this show, uh, talking about the crazy NHL trade deadline mm-hmm. we just had. And that's like the CHL every year. Right. <laughs> you know, like you, you, there's huge trades going down. So... Gatineau was one of the buyers this year, and they went out and got Riley Kidney, um, 
uh, you know, who's on the world junior team. And they, they, I don't remember every one they got, but they were big spenders for sure. And now they've, uh, I think with uh, today's win against Sherbrooke, they've won 18 straight. So, Well, Ottawa was very much the same way in the OHL, right? They were going out and just buying like they're trading away 2026 20, first round picks. <laughs> that kid's nine years old right now yeah. or something. It, it's a little odd. The OHL finally did kind of put a stop to that uh, so some year pre-pandemic it mm-hmm. was when Kingston went all in and they made a trade with London and one of the second round picks they traded was I think nine or ten years in the future. Right. <laughs> so and that had been going on a bit and that's the thing you can't trade first round picks in the OHL but you can in the Q and the dub. Okay. But so the OHL GMs are protected from themselves. Yeah. It and, makes uh, it makes sense to, to put a cap on it too because sure. you don't want to run into situations where you know, organizations are turning out like the Erie Otters of the mid to late 2000s where they're just in a never-ending circle of, you know, re- rebuild. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they can't fill the gaps in their lineup. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're starting to see some teams that, you know, might have overspent in previous deadlines that are, you know, kind of in a deadlock and there's nothing, not really looking up. So it's it's a, it's a good thing. I, I, I love the chaos of... Sure. You know, seeing WHL trades involve like 16 moving pieces, but <laughs> there was some, there was some big ones and yeah, like I can't even remember the, the Russian kid that the 67s brought in this year that they traded away a bunch of second round picks to get and, um, uh, Mitnik, Pavel Mishnikov. That's yeah. right. That's right. It's yeah. a ducks pick. And you're just, the 67s are already stacked and mm-hmm. they're going out and they're doing, I think I might be mistaken, but I think in the NBA, you can only trade your first round pick. Like if you've traded your first round pick this year, you can't trade it next year. I think you have to yeah. alternate years. I think they force you to keep a certain number of them in the fold. Like that sort of thing makes sense to me. I wonder what you guys think. I've always had this sort of, I don't know. It, there's something that, that makes me uneasy in junior hockey about the American franchises. And if I'm a parent in Kingston, let's say, and my kid gets drafted in the OHL, to Saginaw or Flint or whatever. One of the American, there is a certain amount of risk that goes into being drafted in the OHL. And I don't know where my kid's going to go and he's going to leave home and he's going to go to another city. But am I wrong to think that it's like, I didn't sign up for him to leave the country. Like this is a whole other vibe, isn't it? Like to, to send him down, it's a different education system. It's a different type of government. I don't, it, it, it's always stuck in my head that it's weird that we're allowing kids to be shipped out of the country at 17 years old to go play hockey. I'll, I'll let the father answer that. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, yeah. I, I would very much rather, and, you know, I it's nothing against, you know, those places. I know that sure. some of those cities do have, uh, you know, maybe not the greatest reputation. Yeah, Flint's going through a hard time. <laughs> yeah, and, I, you know, I, I got some family there too, so it's 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 tough. But, uh, no, I, I, I agree. Um you know, I'd rather I'd rather my kid go play in in Quebec or or even Manitoba if if that's the case. Just yeah. you know, there's just a we were talking about it earlier. Like sometimes when you come back across the border, there's almost like a part of you that appreciates being 100%. home. There's a part of me that would just feel safer um, knowing that my kid is in uh, familiar territory, familiar you know, familiar. Education system, mm-hmm. familiar government. Like, uh, yeah, well, even I, just we saw at the beginning of the pandemic, right? The border closed pretty fast. Yeah. My kids on the other side of it. Yeah, I, it's I'd a totally I'd different world. There was some. I'm sure right? they pull some strings and they get it figured out. But 
I don't know. I, I I know I've heard lots of stories from parents though too, who you know they're maybe trepidatious at first about um, letting their kid go down there, but it's one of those. Well, this is his opportunity, so we're yeah. going to begrudgingly let him go. And then it's one of those men. It was awesome and had sure. no issues. So certainly don't want to like we said try not to put those places down or anything. No, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think even they. If would. I live in Sarnia and my kid gets drafted to Ottawa, it's further than yeah. had he been drafted into the U.S. But it's still the same country. I don't know. I've just always had this thing in my – like a hang-up that's just like I don't – I don't know how I feel about that. But. There's – it's, you know, not to bring up, um, you know, this too sensible or too sensitive of a subject, but – We got time for that here. You know, <laughs> ter- Terry Trafford is, is a, you know, a prime example of, you know, a kid that was – you know, in a vulnerable state that was might have been too far away from home, too far away from his support mm-hmm. system. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, God rest his soul, but, you know, th- those situations do happen as, as rare as they are. We've, yeah. We we saw that happen. So, yeah. uh, you know, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm able to provide the best opportunity um, for my kid and, and, you know, not to overparent or anything, but yeah, I, f- I feel like that'd be, you know, somewhere in, in our backyard. You know, I, I, I live in Kitchener, soon to be Ottawa. Yeah. Um, you know, anywhere, anywhere in Ontario is fine with me. I've been sure. over, I know, I know, I know this province really well. I, there's just a familiarity with it and, and I'd appreciate it if, if, you know, there was an opportunity where my kid could stick in Ontario, but yeah, no, I get it. There's, a lot, of, a lot of things can go wrong. You know, you don't want to get a call, right. you know, especially in a situation like a, like a Terry Trafford or, you know, if, yeah. the, if a law was broken or, you know, if their billet parents couldn't, you know, they couldn't get a hold of their billet parents and, you know, I'm getting a call from, from Erie. Right. I got to drive there and deal with it. Like it's, and again, you know, these things can happen in Sault Ste. Marie sure. or Kitchener, but, you know, it's, it's. <laughs> It's a it's different a thing easier. when you're dealing with minors and kids. And I, I, I know fans of the OHL hard uh, who are like hardcore OHL fans, and you're thinking, "Oh man, we we got we drafted this one player. Oh, that but the little little, little bastard's going to go NCAA. <laughs> right? Man, I wish he would show up to my team. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, they, but then, you know, they they go as a parent. I would rather my kid go play NCAA or something or, or go to college. Any know, chance to get somebody else to pay for your kid to get educated exactly, is a pretty right? sweet deal <laughs> too. Like, Screw right? my kid going to the OHL. And I will not let them. That's where I'm at. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to – knowing what I know now as somebody in my mid-30s, um, if I could go back and redo my education and do it properly and, you know, go out and get like an engineering degree or, or just something that I know that would set me up for a lifetime, I'm going to do that. So right. I'm going to be, you know, very hey, pro-education. Well, um, and the NCAA is not the same as it used to be, right? Like it, it didn't used to come off as well as it does now, right? Like the, the, there was a kind of a vibe about kids who came out of the NCAA and you're like, all right, maybe a little <laughs> soft. Maybe, well, that's the way the league's gone now, right? Like we're playing a better brand of hockey. The NCAA is preparing these kids very well for it and they're getting educated while they do it. It's hard to, hard to complain about that. Yeah. The, the only knock, the, the, the main knock everyone gives right. is the schedule, right? Because sure. they play a much lighter schedule. So they know all the CHL is a much. It's preparing you preparing for the you. pro game. Yeah. But in the end, as much as fans like myself at the CHL want to go, oh, you're going to go and see all these future NHL players. For the most part, about 80% of those players aren't going to get they don't make hockey. It. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it's less and less every year now uh, because, you know, the NCAA has taken their steps forward. Again. Yeah. 
And, you know, like uh, the one thing I love about – and I'm going to trash Kitchener, the Rangers, for a minute. <laughs> sure. And, and don't I, I am, I, as a Guelph Storm <laughs> fan, I'm all for that, by the way. <laughs> I, lo- I, love the, I love the Kitchener Rangers, but, you know, for the – I, don't, I can't even remember when it started, but it just seems like they rely strictly on, you know, the history of the team from mm-hmm. 15, 20, 25, 30 years yeah, ago. reputation. And, and having a really solid Scott arena. Scott Stevens played here. <laughs> yeah, and, ha- and having a really solid arena, they rely on that, that they don't do anything else. Like right. like this past season is a prime example. They, you know, they're about to enter a rebuild next year and it's going to be really bad. They're not going to be good at all. And... Their first round pick didn't show up, and their second round pick didn't show up. Wow! Because you know they're they're heading down to the NCAA. Sure. But yeah. when when you have a team that was the gold standard of the league, mm-hmm. and you got especially your two top picks, and a year where you're going for it, that just say nope, I'm not coming. Right. Yeah. So you know. f- for the good listener that does not know, uh, which I'd imagine that might be a lot, <laughs> uh, like Kitchener was a buyer at the deadline this year, and they they went out and brought some guys in, spent some currency. Mm-hmm. And it's not gone well. <laughs> they're, right. They're, they're going to make the play. They have clinched a playoff spot, but they're like the eighth seed in the Western Conference as we record this. Mm-hmm. And in the OHL, you know, it's not like the NHL where as long as you just get in, you got a shot, a legit no, shot. No, they're still your heavyweights yeah. versus your. Oh, fair. Okay, fair enough. But That's what I'm saying in the <laughs> OHL, right? Like if, yeah. if you squeak in, you're probably still not. If you're the eighth or seventh seed. You're cannon yeah, fodder. I think sure. in since the OHL has been a 20-team league in the last now 25 years, only once has an eighth seed ever upset a, a one, and that year it was in it was that year that London went like won the Memorial Cup, that, right. like seven losses all year. Right. But it, over in the Eastern Conference, like the gap between one and six was five points, and I think even eighth was only like another <laughs> okay. was another six or seven back from that. So the eighth seed beat the one that year. Right. But uh, other than that, an eight has never beaten a one. And seven's beaten two. We saw it last year. Yeah, it happened last year. But you know, it, it was the it was the Kitchen Rangers over London. But the circumstance was, you know, Brett Brochu couldn't even walk. Right. And when your goalie can't walk, or, or you know, and drops down playing. into the butterfly. Yeah, yeah, you could you could tell that this just guy kicking at it like it's still the seventies. Ken Dryden just wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 luckily, you know, his his recovery has worked out. He's sure. turned back into an okay goalie. But like. Two years ago, he was talked about as like a can't miss. You know, he was on Hockey Canada's radar. Yeah. This was this was a can't miss, and now he's still good at an OHL well, level. But it's like he first of all, like he's splitting the season with with the other goalie down mm-hmm. in London. I can't remember. Um, he seems like a U Sports. Yeah. Okay. You know, but nothing, nothing wrong with that. No, you no. Know, there's we're starting to see. You know, speaking of the NCAA, we're starting to see some. You know, a lot of a lot of my boy Terrell Boyce. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. We're starting to see some players come out of U Sports, and they're you know they're not inking those NHL deals, but they're you know they're getting those opportunities in the AHL on tryouts while the rosters in the NHL expand. Yeah, because right now, like you can have, you know, there's no 23 man. You can have 30 men. You just got to manage your salary. Sure. And so, as they keep expanding, because apparently we want Atlanta back in the league. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah let's do that again for a third time. <laughs> What do you think of the idea of, you know, the, the U sports right now and the level of hockey that's coming out of there? And, and what are the rules of it? Because there is some sort of uh, protocol you guys would be able to explain to me a little bit better that if you play in the OHL 
for a certain number of years or yeah. uh, they'll pay for your university. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, well, that's the idea. Like, because okay. uh, <laughs> I, I, I know I'm sure it's, there's... it's, it's, Touch, it's tu- it's a touchy subject because right. there, there's a lot of lawsuits going on from from players who you know might have had a backdoor promise from from teams where it's like hey you're you're gonna get this education package just sign here and they sign they play five games get cut and then the team's like the team well, doesn't want to pay for yeah, that anymore. you know hey the one thing that you missed when we talked about this was clearly in this print on page 148 <laughs> in this super small squint squint yeah. squint yeah it says that if you don't play you know x amount of minutes a game or x amount of games okay. and, and you're off yeah. the hook it's full the, of loopholes the idea is and how it's supposed to work in practice is for every season you play in the CHL the CHL um, will pay for a year of post secondary education okay um in Canada, you can't go to like uh, school Yale down the or, states, yeah, okay. you know. But uh, so that's the idea of it, and 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 I know a few years back they extended because uh, there's a time cap on how long you can use that, so you can't just like go play, try keep trying to chase that professional dream year after year after year, and you end up in like that SPHL or right, something right, right. playing for the Huntsville Havoc or something <laughs> like that. Which I was just like, like I can respect chasing your dream. Yeah, I can respect chasing chasing your dream. Yeah, but there's got to be a point where it's like, dude, come on. Yeah, <laughs> like let's 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 be realistic here. So I had, a, I had a friend of mine who had a brother playing in the OHL for a long time. Was uh, a Kitchener Ranger and then a Kingston Frontenac, and it didn't work out. Didn't get drafted into the NHL, so went and signed in the ECHL, and a couple different times got called up to the AHL, mm. like. And at some point, I think at like 27, 28, Kim always like, I just, <laughs> if I'm, I'm not even an AHL regular, right. like the, my chances of ever being called up, because you just sort of hang on to that dream of like one time, I, right? I, Can I, I get one foot in the you, door you, for you, one game? Yeah, it's, it's like a 28. It justifies I, I everything. Get a real job yeah, for I, sure. I, I, I've I, seen, I've seen, there's, you know, there's many different paths in, in hockey that you can take. Certainly not. You know, you don't want to hang around North America too long because right. you can make uh, a pretty penny overseas. Sure, you get, to, li- you get to live in Germany some, or something. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm talking about like, come on, figure it out and hang it up. Like, I, I'm talking like some of those real shitball, you know, semi-pro yeah. leagues of the states. If you want to forever go play hockey in Europe and make a living at that, or if you can stay in the AHL for a long time, like absolutely play in that first German league or Swiss league or something. They'll pay you a decent salary. You can I always play in the really game in a gorgeous country. Yeah. Like there's, Austria is apparently yeah. amazing to play in. There's one player. Um, and he played in the, in the OHL his, his brother played his, both of his brothers played in the OHL too. One of them's in the NHL, but there's one player. He's been in the ACHL since, uh, like 08, 09. Hmm. You know, he's just played a couple games in the AHL, but he's been, He's been grinding it on those buses. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I imagine sometimes they probably got to tr- drive their own cars to game because, <laughs> you know, some of these te- those those teams down there. I don't I don't think that their profit margin is even no. you know a net positive. But um, he's been down there. He's recently broke the point record or the games played record. One of the two. But uh, I, I recently found out that he was making six figures. So you know, if you if, certainly if you stick with it, if you're good enough. But you know, if you're if you're just a tweener down there, yeah, you know, go 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 there. overseas for a year and try it. And if that doesn't work, call it. But yeah. you know, just some of these players, they they try to push. You know, they try to get a penny because you know they're not making 
anything right. you know in, in in the ohl they make a couple hundred bucks but you know they take all that money and they spend it on whatever date they're going on on saturday <laughs> night or but that, you that, know, mo- they, that movie was built called bill durham i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, you're right like yeah they get that you know especially when they're still playing the ohl and they're 18 or 19 and you know they get signed to their elc mm-hmm. it's like i'm buying a fully loaded pickup sure. truck yeah and, you know, seen that yeah, yeah. yeah, and then suddenly it's like oh, that's the most money you're ever going to make, right? You yeah, end up not that's it. getting much farther than that. Yeah. So a couple other things I want to talk about here. I want to ask you about in a couple of minutes here the Black Girl Hockey Club, but I want to ask Steve here. Well, what year was it when you were up here with Guelph for the 67s? Was that 18 or 19? <laughs> it was uh, May of 2019. Okay. Uh, last time I was in the studio here, I was a bit glum because uh, earlier that day I had been to. Game two of the OHL final, and the 67s had beaten my storm to take a 2 nothing series lead. Yeah. And Ottawa at the, that moment was a perfect 14-0 in the playoffs. Yes, I remember that. Okay. Things weren't looking good. Right. And, and I don't know why I didn't have faith, because Guelph had the previous round been down 2 nothing and 3-1 against Saginaw, came back to win it in seven on the road, and... And in the round before that, had been down three nothing against London and three nothing, three nothing. So two, three straight series were yeah. down two nothing, and uh, Guelph won the next four straight, won the OHL title. So that worked out pretty good. That was the <laughs> the Samarukov year. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, we had Nick Suzuki, right. uh, Dimitri Samarukov, Isaac Ratcliffe, Sean Dursey. Oh, God, who Leaf else? Don't Sean disrespect Dursey. my boy Zach Roberts. <laughs> Zach Roberts, yes. The biggest piece of that trade with Nick Suzuki and Sean Dursey for sure. Um, Mackenzie Entwistle was there. Okay, uh, yeah. We, world we, junior guy. we loaded up yeah. uh, pretty well on that. Um, um, Matt, was it Matt? I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. Phillips. What was his first name? Marcus. Marcus Phillips, sorry. Mm-hmm. He was on the World Junior team that year. We, I think we had like three or four guys from the World Junior. So right. Loaded a couple up. tweeners too, like yeah. Ratcliffe and Schnarr should have been on there. Yeah. Schnarr put up 100 points that year. Pavel Gogolev, you know, Leaf legend yeah, yeah. that just got Wake traded. Wake me up before you Gogolev. <laughs> <laughs> you know. just, uh, just left town here. And yeah, uh, people knocking my boy for being on waivers this week, but, you know, <laughs> okay. well, whatever. But so, yeah. Was, so that was 2018. 20, 2019. 2019, yeah. So we had been in this studio for about a year. Yeah. And and uh, before that, we were just upstairs, three floors, uh, <laughs> was the old studio. Um, moved down here to, to get a little more space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had been on a few times at that point with the OHL Fanboys podcast. Yeah. We had traded some some intros and, and some <laughs> co-ops there. At that point, when you're here in 2019, I can't remember the timeline here. Is the show still going? Or has... So the show was still going, okay. but we were about to end it. About and and we knew that it was coming to an end. Um, we decided before that playoff started in the spring of 2019 that we were going to end the show. Our lives were just, we were really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, my co-host Brian Thompson was going through a divorce at the time and that's not a lot of fun. Uh, no. And uh, I was finding I was working a lot. And, you know, there were those weeks where, yeah, we were talking about this in the green room, you know, post deadline for any league, can, there's a bit of a lull. Yeah. Right. Bit and of a hangover. We were trying so to, to put, speak. I don't know how you, I mean, but your topics, obviously, you yeah, would talk about something else. Yeah. That <laughs> but when you're just talking about the OHL, which let's be honest, yep. is, a, is, a, is a niche market at best. Sure. To do to put together an hour every week and trying to get a new guest every week, it yeah. was there were a lot of weeks where we were just like, oh, I really don't want to do this, right? Especially in like that January February post deadline, it's too early to start talking playoffs and everything. So, right. um, and and we just felt we couldn't put the time in. Like uh, you know, I envy you to be able to have the time to do all this, <laughs> and and uh, envy, but also um, 
that's the word I'm looking for. Just, uh, just impressed, you know, with the, what you guys can do here. Yeah. So, um, you know, we decided we were going to call it a day or at least go on hold for a sure. while. Um, and you know, when the season finally did end in Halifax at the Memorial Cup, you know, we, we took about a couple weeks off and then we came back with a full more full show, which we never did in the summer. Just to let everyone know, hey, we're going to be stepping away. Yeah, shut a, her down. Sh- shut it down. We we kind of had the door open maybe for a, a, a comeback at some point. We did come back during the pandemic. Um, yeah, I remember there was a bit of a run there. A yeah. Brief, uh, well, it wasn't even a run. It was one major live show. We right, okay. Like a couple hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Which we would never have been able to do without our, our boy uh, Darius Dominguez. So shout out to him. Uh, find him on Twitter. He's a Steelheads fan, but because um, he he was a production genius for us. Because yeah. Brian and I were just like, how do you do this? Like, <laughs> you know. But anyways, um, we did a we and we actually managed to do some good with it. We raised some money for McFadden's movement on that uh, on that show. I can't remember. I think it was about twenty five hundred dollars. Oh, nice. So. Uh, we did that and had some guests and Garrett McFadden, who is a former captain of the Guelph Storm. He was, uh, I don't think he ever got drafted, did he, Sebastian? Uh, no, no. He, he floated around the minors. For, yeah, he, for was, he was in the like minors. A couple training camps, but okay. nothing. Yeah, but he was, he, he was a five-year OHL guy and was eventually captain of the Storm. And he had the McFadden's Movement Initiative for mental health. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, okay. Charities in the Guelph and Guelph Wellington area. So we raised some money for that and we had a good time doing that show, but... Um, you know, every periodically we'll get people asking, you know, you got to bring the show back, got to bring the show back. But it's just, I have a new job where I don't have as many days off as sure. I used to. And it's just, it's not. Yeah, gonna, life changes everything. Unfortunately, right? it's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So I get to come in here and be a guest instead. And sure. Drink, Anytime. Of drink course. your alcohol. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're all right with that. Yeah. Um, and Sebastian, I know you're involved with a group that I've seen mentioned more and more often on social media lately. It's the the Black Girl Hockey Club. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's we, we, Renee's been been working at this with her team for uh, you know a number of years here, and it's it's grown exponentially. Um, what they, do they uh, what, what do they do? It's uh, we provide scholarships and funding opportunities for for Black girls and, and Black women in hockey. Um, you know, our scholarships have gone to. Uh, I can't remember the the number of kids that we're at now, but we we're running like every quarter, every half of the year, um, and we're giving out you know a couple hundred to to a couple thousand dollars for wow. black girls to play hockey uh, all over. Um, you know, one of our one of our scholarship uh, extraordinaires, her name's Dayton O'Donoghue. She's a she's an NCAA D one commit. She was at the uh, All Star game last year she was doing some stuff with trevor zegris okay um just uh just an excellent kid but yeah it's uh it's just about empowering uh you know women not just i know it's called black girl hockey club and that's that's the focus but it's it's just empowering women and girls who who want to create a carve out a path in hockey it's supposed to promote just inclusivity in general more than anything else it sort of sounds like from what i've read right like is that yeah absolutely it's um you know there's this if you ever listen to, to some of the girls who who are involved with Black Girl Hockey Club or any of the 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 young kids that are getting scholarships, um, they'll tell you that this game just they've never felt like they can be a part of it, and you know, oftentimes uh, prevented from from feeling uh, uh, like a part of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it's, it's tough. And, uh, you know, I'm. It's an uphill battle, right? Like you're, it's, it's a predominantly white sport and it's predominantly male dominated organ. Like you're almost in the whole two strikes before you even start. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, the door's already closed. Right. Um, and you know, what I, what I, you know, want to do is I just want to be able to knock those doors down so that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having my own issues trying to, to fit in, in a way that Steve fits into this game. Right. Um, but you know, I, I acknowledge that, you know, as a man, I still have, um, a little bit of a privilege that they don't. Sure. You know, as much as I feel awkward sometimes in arenas and as much as I've dealt with racism in the game, I don't have to deal with racism and being a woman who, you know, in, in, in hockey circles and locker rooms, there a lot of times women are talked about as objects. Right. So, you know, I don't have to, I don't, I'm, I don't have to do that. So I, you know, we're just working so that, uh, you know, not, and it's not, again, not just black women, but every, every person can find a way to fit in this game and love it just as much as everybody else. If people wanted to support, is there a place they can donate or a place like something they can share? Like what's the best way to support the Black Girl Hockey Club right now? Yeah, blackgirlhockeyclub.org. Um, we're in Canada too. We have Black Girl Hockey Canada. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we've been in Canada for about a year now. Okay. Um, Canadian Tire has been massive in that. And Soroya Tinker, who plays for the Toronto Six, um, you know, she, she led this project and just an amazing person. But yeah, go, uh, go to blackgirlhockeyclub.org uh, or Google or, you know, we're on Twitter as well, Instagram, and there's links all over. It's, you know, we have merch. You can donate money nice, yeah. and they'll issue you tax receipts, um, you know, for those who, you know, want to <laughs> claim it on their taxes. Sure, but, yeah. You know, it's that time of year, I guess, right? Yeah, how is this going to benefit me? <laughs> but yeah, though, there's, uh, you know, we're starting to do more more events too. Like Black Girl Hockey Club, you know, unfortunately I got to miss our, our Canada event because it was this weekend. Mm. They're out in Vancouver and, you know, the Canuck social media and they've been endorsing them and going to Drummondville was way more important. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Hey, I, I would have loved to go out, but, uh, you know, my best friend who lives out there, he's in, he's in China. So I just wouldn't have to play. I wanted to be, I I would have only went out if I could plus stay for free. (laughs) But, uh, no, they're out in Vancouver and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're back somewhere in Ontario next year, but, um, you know, they do things like, uh, speaking events at the Maple, like we did a speaking event at the Maple Leafs launch pad. Oh yeah. Um, and it was the first all female, uh, uh, colored woman hockey panel. Hmm. It was, you know, Sarah Nurse and Soraya Tinker and Shereen Ahmed and, wow. you know, it was, uh, Reagan Subban. I got to shout her out. She's, uh, she's excellent. She's with, uh, TSN. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was something cool to be part. It was really cool to be a part of it, and you know, there's if you're in the states and listening, there's they they travel well down there, you know, especially Pittsburgh and California. So, um, how important? Like, I, I always I want to be careful because sometimes I I think people ask stupid questions, but <laughs> but I, I I I'm genuinely interested in the answer to was it last year that Sarah Nurse was on the cover 
of the NHL video game. Yeah, the, this current version that's out right so now. So the 2022-23 season. Is it, uh, I believe it's NHL, NHL 23. 23. Yeah. And so we have a black woman on the cover of the NHL video game. Like, what is the impact of that? Like, the, the importance of it? That Like, for years and years and years, it was just, oh, this year it's Lindros, and next year it's Datsuk, and whatever it might be, right? It was always kind of cool to have someone from your team on the cover, but... You know, it wasn't a big deal until it is a big deal. Like, you know, did this, like, what does this do? What does this say? Well, worldwide, it shows that, you know, if you can, you, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. Right. Um, and, you know, you, you got to put in the work, but sure. it's not as easy as just saying, hey, you know, I want that. I'd love number. to be on the yeah. cover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, she had just had, she was at the Olympics last year and mm-hmm. she set the points. Yep, points she record. Points record. Yeah. And you know, she you go look up her, her NCAA numbers, it's just one of the goats, one of the best yeah. to ever ever play. She deserved it based on her play, not because of, of being a woman the, or being black, right? The, right. Yeah. The the impact on on you know us as, as black people um is massive. Um she shares a daughter with my or she shares a birthday with my daughter. So my daughter has a an open copy and all the all the Barbies for Sarah Nurse. So yeah, they did the Barbie there last year. That was awesome too. I got one of those for my niece for Christmas. It was, it's uh, massive and I know that like uh you know, they're coming out with more and more women's hockey card products. But yeah. the the impact is is massive. Um, you know, it really upset uh the white hockey audience because no. uh really? you know they're all like oh show me her stats in the nhl and it's like come God. on shut up like uh, we don't we don't need to do this every time we try to to expand an audience no. and let people know it's a that, hockey hey, video game here's a talented hockey player yeah carry on with your day show, show me how it affects the video game right. at all like the, the do we imp- suddenly not know who Connor mcdavid is yeah right? <laughs> we're just not gonna play because it. if there's <laughs> one place in the world where there's there's not a litany or a, I keep, hey, I keep saying that word. Oh, geez, the rum's drink. kicking in. Yeah, yeah. If there's not an overabundance of, of white uh, fragile white hockey fans, it's definitely Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Or the NHL in general. Is, yes. oh, You'll find plenty of white male representation but in the like, NHL video games. And like Sebastian and, and that, <clears> you know, the, the black or hockey to club to do great work. And obviously as a, as a white male, that's not really my realm. But like as someone who, you know, I see Sebastian, he has a daughter who happens to be my goddaughter and I now know that with through their work she can you know and she's like she's not she's 5 years old and she's already a huge hockey fan right or is she a big pizza fan it's one Both. maybe maybe <laughs> Well, because she knows if she's going to the rink, she gets pizza. All right. So maybe well, that's why I'm a big hockey fan. Yeah. It's sweet food when I get there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, knowing that she – something that she can connect to and keep liking the game, right? Because yeah. kids' interests and in things can come and of go. Of course. They right? wane and you grow and change. And, and uh, you know, maybe maybe one of these days, we, you know – well, last time we, we were in Gatineau a year ago and we brought uh, – Sebastian's daughter with us and mm-hmm. you know she enjoyed the game and it's and it's unfortunate you know while that part of the game is growing for her there's the other thing that's been happening this year that uh that's been uh you know yeah being restrictive but and before you touch on that I want to I got to make note that the game that we brought her to there was a female backup yeah oh, okay so and that uh, and she ended up playing another game, didn't she, at some point? Yeah. Starting? And she was the best goalie in the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. There's four goalies, and she's the one who got the win. Yeah. So, um, she looked great. 
Uh, you know, I think she's she's doing what she can to carve out her own path. It's, sure, it's very yeah. disappointing that she wasn't invited back this year. Or I mean, she might have. I don't know. But uh, not no, keeping cat tabs on Gatineau <coughs> Olympic uh, training camp <laughs> coverage. <laughs> we're we're at a point where we're. I, I you know what I can feel confident in saying that there's 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 women on this planet who can lace them up in the NHL and be fine. People mm. people got to stop sitting there saying oh one hit from this defenseman and their career's over. It's like yeah, one hit from anybody in your career's over. Yeah. There, there's there's somebody who played in the, who lived out their dream and played in the NCAA for one shift and their career was ended. Like right. that can happen to anybody. 100%. That's not exclusively a woman problem. I think that we have women in this in in this space now who can compete in the men's game and would be fine. You know, we're just yeah. The talent is there. The talent. The talent's always there. Yeah. Don't let people say that it was just Canada and there's a there's a 15 year old right now who's mm. putting up something like three or four points a game on average in the league that Yuri Slavkovsky. Yeah, played in. Well, as this a is is she not a Slovakian that was just at Women's Worlds? Yeah, yeah, just like a month or two ago that was just dominating at 15 years old. Or scouts, something. scouts are saying, watch out for her. Yeah, yeah, so, and she's only yeah, 15. That's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we're 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 getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> it's it's. And uh, here's the thing: I'm ready. I'm ready to see the NHL change. I'm 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 ready to see you know women. I'm ready to see people of color more people of color come and and you know we're we're coming up on it there's a few studs uh in the chl right now um uh, it's this game's gonna change and if you're somebody who's still stuck in the in the 80s you know if you want to appreciate what you watched back then then be my guest but if you're if you're sitting here complaining that the game's too soft and turn your tv off right Watch something else. Go have a beer and punch a hole in your wall. Go, you know. There's <laughs> well, plenty there's of other way, of plenty happening. of plenty of other ways that you can be a man. Yep. Yeah. Go go watch some UFC <clears throat> or something. You know. Oh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I I I grew up. I grew up with that. Uh, I hear you. That brand of that was a, that was I, supposed to be a knockout. I, yeah, I and I and I and I loved it. But yeah. uh, you know, I also know that uh, you know. No, I, I, I'm with you. I I think there's space for like I would much rather see. The Connor McDavid's and the William Nylanders and the David Pasternak's than the uh, Barubes <laughs> and uh, whatever. Like we're done with that. I right? Like let's yeah. see skilled hockey. And like you said, I'm a UFC guy as well, but yeah. I don't need it in my hockey on Saturday night I, after the game. I'll watch some fights and I'll be down with that as well. Right. I, I, but when it comes to hockey. Let me see the most talented hockey players yeah. in the world doing what they're supposed to be doing. I yeah. remember the first day. You know, like any kid, you go to like an OHL game when you're younger and all the kids yell, fight, fight, fight. Yes. You know, everyone loves a good sure. tilt, I guess. But I remember the first time where it was just like, I don't want to see this. No. Was, uh, you know, back uh, in the days of the Brampton Battalion. And uh, a name that Stan uh, Butler, yeah, uh, okay. who's now coached the Erie Otters, is by he? the way. Okay, I had no his, idea. He he, he just weird. he just came in like about a month ago. Okay, and it's really like a mind fuck to yeah, see. Yeah, it's that. uncomfortable <laughs> to think about that. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was the only coach in battalion history. Yeah. So. But anyways, um, another name people might remember, Barclay Goodrow, you know, yeah, okay. uh, Stanley Cup champion. Only only Brampton Battalion player ever to win the Stanley Cup. So Is that true? Yes. We had a we Wow. Had, yeah. We had Rafi Torres as an alumni, uh, so he got yeah, I'm not I'm not bragging. <laughs> yeah, um but you know, he so he got what to two different game sevens of the Stanley Cup final yeah. and was on the losing end both times. So um, but yeah, we, we've had, we had some NHL alumni, uh, from Brampton, but he, Barclay Goodrow is the only one who's managed to win a Stanley cup. There's a couple That's others. Wild. 
There's a couple others that still have a shot. Uh, you know, Nick Paul played his his rookie season. <laughs> I'm not saying two goals gonna... against the Leafs last <laughs> year in Game <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, Nick. Uh, so yeah, wait. He was he with Tampa for their one of their cups? No, he was traded there last year. Okay, yeah, so and then he, he hasn't won a lost cup. in the final to Colorado. Right. He hasn't won a cup yet. But so Still he managed he's to stick a dagger in my heart. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he, he he was a his rookie year was the last year that the battalion were in Brampton. So he spent most of his time with North Bay, but he's you know, he played for Brampton. So mm-hmm. he's still out there. <sighs> there might be one other The pro- the problem with 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 Brampton uh the battalion was they had a bunch of studs like pre pre NHL lockout the mm-hmm. first one and then Voitech they just they just didn't they didn't they didn't um they didn't make the necessary changes that the game like in the direction that the game was going right so kept trying to play that old school vibe a little bit Stan yeah. Butler is a very defensive Cody coach. Hodson was he a Cody Hodson that was, that yeah. was my guy he, we he had, had a back injury like a horrible yeah, yeah. he had but, that one year that was the lockout shortened season in 12-13 where he put up like a point a game for the Sabres and got right. his big contract yeah. and then pff, to Vancouver after that I think well, yeah. he was drafted by Vancouver and then got uh, traded uh, to Buffalo right, okay. and then okay. signed with Nashville and that's where you ended up having to retire. We had Matt Duchesne uh, at the same time as yeah. him. So yeah. he, I mean, he could be another, uh, Still no, poss- not where he is now. Not where he it's is po- now. It's possible. Anyway, yeah. the whole point of the story that I brought <laughs> up, I, I mentioned Barkley. No, I don't mind rambling. I, um, but Barkley Goodrow, um, he one day, I think it was his second year in the league, he got into a fight. Um, with, oddly enough, a future teammate in the OHL, uh, Ben Thompson with the Kitchener Rangers, okay. who eventually got traded to North Bay the first year they were up there and Goodrow's captain. And those two were two of the OAs and they went on a finals run and I'm sure became good friends. It seemed like they were anyway. <laughs> but they had a fight against each other when they were much younger in the OHL. And Goodrow already was kind of like, you know, he had been our first round pick. He was like getting like 20-something goals a year on a very – bad offensive Brampton team. So right. when I first saw him drop the gloves, it's kind of like he wasn't really a fighter. And I saw him drop the gloves. I'm kind of like, oh, man, what are you doing? And then he was kind of holding his own in there, doing well. All right, all right, this isn't going bad. And then Thompson caught him with, like, that hook. Yeah. And Goodrow went down, like, like knocked out, and was out for the next, like, six weeks or something. And it was kind of that that really opened up my eyes of, like, man – this is this is yeah. not good for them, you know. Well, like I, I, I'm sort of similar. I don't remember exactly when it was. Maybe around like '09, I was back living in Oshawa, <laughs> going to a lot of Jens games. I think it's like Nicholas Jensen, Andy mm. Andrioff, yeah, <laughs> guys like that. And so you sort of got to know a lot of the players. And at that point, I'm in my mid late twenties, and I'm like. I'm really uncut. Like, there's nothing I want to cheer about while these two kids punch each other in the, the face, yeah. right? Like, I there's in, some CTE there, yeah, and there, and, there, and in know. pro hockey, I don't know if it's different. It's not better, but it is different. At least these two grown men making a living, getting paid, have Signed chosen to line, do this. Yeah. It's still not great, but I don't want to see these two kids punching each other in the face. Like it, it, it totally changed my perspective on fighting in junior hockey. I, I don't need it. Right. No, I, it, not it, at all. There's two, <clears throat> excuse me. There's two incidents that stick out to me. Ben Finelli, and that wasn't a fight, but that was a, a very, very, very dirty hit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, we watched him die on the ice and, you know, he survived and yeah, he missed two years, Fractured I think, in the OHL or three years. Yeah. But yeah, it was, 
when you when you watch that and you're just in the building and nobody's moving for you know 45 minutes to an hour and the you know the stories that came out after it was, it was horrible but mm-hmm. that was that was when i was like all right we can we can play this game in a way that there's still physical play but let's do it properly right because there's a proper way to do everything sure the second one was when um mcdavid fought bryson chianfroni in in the ohl and mcdavid who you know full disclosure i can't stand him not because he's good i just i think he's one of those hockey players that just falls in line right and in a, a long goes, you know, we had a yeah. discussion yeah. in the car about this this week i just yeah, yeah just he doesn't use his influence for anything positive um, yeah just Toe in the company line. He swung, and I believe he missed the face and hit the dasher, dasher on the the boards and broke his hand. He was like, he was, "Oh, I remember that actually." Yeah. yeah, there was talk about him potentially not being able to go to World Juniors, and that was right. his draft year. Yeah, so yeah. you know, it's just it's it's like uh, it's like anything else. Like like freak stuff happens, and mm-hmm. I've been at hockey games recently where I see a fight, and I'm like, you know what? Okay. The nostalgia that that that's still sitting around that type of hockey kicks in. You're like, it's a good fight. Yeah. But you know, it's it's all the post whistle scrums and pushing that that make a two and a half, two and a half hour game become a three hour yeah. game. That you're like, come on. Like, Can we get a pitch clock on hockey. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's yeah. I I like the way the game's going today. You know, they're the same for me. There's a couple incidents where you're like, you know what? Like, come on, let's let's move on here. And it's Hockey's hockey's better. It's faster. The skill is on full display every night. Like that goal that Mitch Marner scored the other night. Right. Oh my god! And I do Back not. I do net. not like. I do not like uh, complimenting a London night ever. So. <laughs> but even I got to go. Damn, that was good. insane. Like just a silly <laughs> pass that he picked off, and I would much rather see oh. that than two oh. guys just like than Ty Domi. But like, Elbow I don't even understand what buttons you hit on the PS <laughs> controller to make that move. Right? Like, that's insane. The, the, so. I'll say this, though, <laughs> Steve. I know you don't like former London Knights, no. but, like, I think we can distinctly put Mitch Marner in a different category than, like, a Corey Perry. Well, Mitch Marner is very likable. Yeah. Yes, we know that Corey Perry is not likable at all. It's like... Well, not around uh, here, anyway. When no. he got speared last week by... Um, by uh, the NHL resident idiot, we we know who it was. And at first, you know, you just go, "Oh, there, he, there, that guy goes again, being a stupid moron." And then everyone's like, "Yeah, but he speared Corey Perry." Yeah, it's like, so, "I'll so, allow it." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this time, I'll give it a pass. But it was still stupid. Of course, it was. Yeah, <laughs> the, and and it was pretty much showed when the rest of the uh, you know when everyone jumped him and none of his own teammates really. Right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah have This is it. sort of what he does. <laughs> All right. Uh, I know you guys got a long drive ahead of you. I'm really. Happy you dropped in after uh, being on the other side of the river there, checking yeah. out in the uh, Gatineau Olympique. Um, this is cool. I've, uh, you know, Steve, you've been in here once before. We've done a couple online shows. Yeah. Sebastian, it's the first time you and I have, uh, have met. I hope, you know, if you're back up here, it sounds like you're considering moving to the area. We'll yep. uh, get you back on the podcast if that happens. Future well, Bytown resident. There you 100%. go. 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming in. Yeah. I need to come maybe when I get all 60 done or something. I got, I got about a quarter. The victory tour? Yeah, I still got four left to do in the queue and about half. What are they? Uh, unfortunately, they're nothing close. It's no. all down the East Coast. I yeah, yeah. Do, uh, Cape Breton. Char- Charlottetown. Charlottetown is okay. one of the ones. Uh, Moncton and St. John. Okay. I didn't, uh, last year was the first time I didn't get to go to the Memorial Cup since 2012, so I missed out on St. John hosting. Right. Um, but those are my only four left in the queue, and then I got about half the dub left. Mostly 
uh, BC, the American teams, and Manitoba. Right. Okay. So I got kind of all the middle done. Yeah, Saskatchewan, <laughs> Alberta. Yeah, so that. it's it's all kind of tough ones now. But uh, I got a whole bunch lined up. Uh, you know, in the fall, you know, try to hit the U.S. rinks and you know. Um, Go to Spokane and Portland and all that stuff. And who was it? Was it Spokane? The captain yeah. dropped the cup, broke well, it. Yeah, I was. I was like fifteen feet away from it when it well, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where was that Memorial Cup? Now it, I, it I remember the scene, but I don't remember where it was. Was Windsor? It was in Kitchener. Kitchener. Okay. Yeah, yeah right it, at the odd. Yeah, in two thousand eight, and uh, that that gives us a moment that we'll always uh, we'll always <laughs> Poor remember. Kid, right? Who yeah. was the captain? Who was the guy? I don't oh, know his name. Oh, um. It was. I can't remember if it was Drayson Bowman yeah. or Jared Spurgeon or something. Okay, like that, but it was, and it almost like just. It's not like he dropped it. It kind of fell apart. Oh, that's, in his and hands, that's the thing. Right? Everyone like, likes to say, "Oh, he dropped it," but it, it was, honestly, he was holding it. He was one hand on the base and one hand on yeah. the cup, and it fell apart in his hands. Yes. I think it's broken a few times. <laughs> well, the problem. So what was what was later found out was the year before Vancouver had won it. And off, you know, off screen. Milan Lucic broke it. Probably. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, Vancouver had broken it while partying and stuff. So it wasn't like on screen or anything. No. And Vancouver, as the story goes, maybe this is not right, but from the what I heard, they tried to kind of fix it without the ch without like telling the chl. (laughs) Little super glue, yeah, (laughs) some scotch tape that'll hold it. (laughs) And uh, and then yeah, and then it got brought out for Spokane and poor kid. Picks everyone it up and it just I, falls apart. I remember watching on TV. I thought he dropped it. Too, yeah, of right? course. And everyone's always wondered all these trophy presentations. Like, oh, I wonder what would happen if one of these days someone's going to drop yeah. one, right? And he dropped. Like, well, he didn't drop it as we just said, yeah. but it like broke in several pieces. In yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll live on in infinity. No, of but, course. And I feel I feel bad for them. Like oh, in, in a moment of, of glory, and there were some there were some hot prospects that played for them that, that you know didn't really pan out. Dustin, like Tukarski. Tukarski was yeah. on that team. Drayson Bowman was on that team. Unbelievable by Tukarski. Yeah. <laughs> God. It, and, and, and they were, you know, I, I was working at the odd as a, as a maintenance worker. Mm. Um, and I was, you know, in high, I was finishing my last year of high school. Just the nicest, the nicest guys. Uh, that, that was, that was a great team. Right. Um, you know, it was really fun to spend time around them. I just, you know, you watch that moment and, you know, there, I don't think that their captain end up even going on to play pro, I think he might have went CIS at the time. Sure, yeah. You know that that that's it his, happens. Yeah. That that's his Stanley Cup. I know. Yeah. It's unfortunate that they won't. I mean, I, I get. I understand tradition, but you know, I think we need something a little more practical because. It's not going to be the only time that this breaks. No, and and we can we can, we can and it's, we can it, blame it, other it's teams. It's been dinged you up. Got like four or five guys skating around with different parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fantastic. And you know what the thing too, and like what didn't make it any better was they they were in a, a dirty American team too, oh. right? Like, of course, would they break had, like, our their, trophy. Yeah, 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 like their their shoulder patch is literally an American flag. Right. At least it was at the time. I don't know if it still is, but. Um, and, and, you know, the Chiefs, that's that's always a good it's, name, right? Yeah. With the flag on the shoulder. Yeah, that's a good yeah. look. But. Uh, but, uh, right? Like, well, But mind you, we still have the Shawinigan and Cataracts, which yeah. don't no, get okay. me. Oh, Fair we enough. can tell some Story stories there. Story for another day, for sure. <laughs> but, and just to touch on, I know we were trying to get out here, but, like, you know, we got the Memorial Cup bidding happening right now. Like, this yeah. year's Memorial Cup's out in Kamloops, but the OHL's hosting it next year. Right. 
And we've got, you know, right now, technically, <laughs> there are four teams bidding on it, but a lot of us are like, yeah, there's really three because are the Niagara Ice Dogs really a team? Okay. Um, <laughs> there's a, we can't, we probably don't have time to get into that, but. Um, well, so who are the other three that you think have a legit shot at this? The, the three that actually have a shot um, are Kingston, Sault Ste. Marie, and Saginaw. And Saginaw is the one that is like, oh, you know, an American team is trying to host. Yeah. Which isn't unprecedented. It, it has, has happened. an American team ever hosted? Yes, okay. a handful of times. All WHL teams. Okay. Portland has hosted it twice in the 80s. They were the first team uh, when they went to the four-team format where it's like, okay, it used to be like just the three champions. And they're like, okay, we're going to have a host team now. And Portland was actually the first ever host in that format. Right. Uh, Three years later, I I don't know exactly the story, but basically one other team was – next time it was WHL's turn, some other team was going to host at the last second for whatever reason they couldn't. So Portland stepped up and did it again. Okay. (laughs) But – uh, was it uh, Seattle hosted it in 92 and uh, Spokane in 98. Okay. And we haven't had an American host since. Hmm. So, and for the longest time, especially with Sportsnet having the TV rights, it was just like this, almost like an unwritten thing, like uh, American teams can't host. Yeah, yeah. So, but Saginaw is trying to host next year. And there seems to be this feeling that they're going to maybe ditch that, you know, maybe we'll go back to America. Um I've heard, too, the same thing, that there's some momentum behind trying to get an American team. They have probably the next, I don't know, it's it's hard to say the next Bedard or McDavid, but they've got the next, uh, you know, marketable superstar. Okay, so it would be a good time to get them. He's he's 15. Okay. He's, uh, so Saginaw got the first overall pick last year, and there was a new exceptional status player, uh, Michael Misa. Oh, I have heard that name, yeah. Older brother plays for Mississauga. Right. But uh, Saginaw's having a decent – and that's the thing. They're probably – of the four potential hosts, they're the – probably the best-looking team on paper next Hmm. year too. Far far and away from the other teams. Well, the other three teams are all about to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, And 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 normally you're supposed to be ramping up to – like is it just me or does this seem late to be deciding – it's a, it, we we should be getting word. Because normally host. you build yeah towards hosting, right? You know right. we're gonna have this. And Usually they try and announce it at least a year in advance, yeah. so that whoever's hosting next year, their entire committee goes to that like the one before yes. and sees what they can improve on and all that. Right. So honestly, you know, we should probably be hearing it within the next month or so. Uh, both Kingston and the Sioux, great junior hockey towns, right? Like you yeah. wouldn't be sad to see them there. No, Saginaw. No, no. I don't know anything about it, right? Other than <laughs> the fact that it's one of the American markets, and it's, we it, don't do that. I it's guess. a tradi- it's a traditional. Tradi- it's it's like another Sarnia. Okay, you know, there's, it's not it's not like it's the most happening yeah. place, right. but you it's know, not a there's big town. They they've had some some you know really good alumni come out of there. They they've been Saginaw's been Exact. a model for Saginaw's been a model franchise, right? Um, and uh, they haven't had a lot of playoff success, but. You know they they've had Don't some need lately. To. You get the buy rate in, right? <laughs> well, if we're, well, if we're, we're, all these teams that are winning the damn thing was getting knocked out. Yeah, true. Get a month to recoup, <laughs> right? I think I think I th- I, I'm I'm with Steve. I think I think it's going to go to I think Saginaw. You know, I, I 
there's a world where I see Kingston or the Sioux getting it, but more so the Sioux, I think. Because they tried last time, didn't they, the Sioux? Yeah, the Sioux was trying to bid in 2021, them, yeah. them in Oshawa. Yeah. And I, I think most people thought – Jenny's. <laughs> they're going to uh, – actually, no, they're, uh, the Jenny's are actually fighting with Kingston for the last I playoff know. spot it's right now. It's not been our year. So no. maybe if, if Kingston could still make it and – you know, and, uh, yeah. but for this year, but regardless, Kingston is they're one of the worst track records in the OHLs for success mm-hmm. because they had like that twenty year stretch where they couldn't make it out of the first round. Yeah, and they've they did make a conference final like five years ago, but um, they've never even been to an OHL final. Uh, so them and winning do not mesh. <laughs> so seeing them at a Memorial Cup would be weird, but slightly odd. Seeing they, Saginaw they, they would, one would to, be weird. They need to go full in. Like Kingston's one of those teams where they don't they don't fully commit to going all in. They'll yeah. go they'll go get the hot ticket, mm-hmm. and then their hope is that they you know yeah. we we improve our top half of the lineup that whatever player gets booted out of the top half will become a star in the bottom half, but. You know that's where that's where you need to fill in with role players, and they just didn't do that. They yeah. would just expect, oh, well, we're pulling somebody from our top six and putting them in the bottom six. It's like that doesn't doesn't always work. Doesn't it, work. If Niagara wasn't such a gong show right now, <laughs> they would be honestly the slam dunk. You pick. wouldn't even need to make any uh, changes to the arena. No, it's, they've, it's they've of the four teams bidding, they objectively have the best arena. They've got the best. You know, it's well, it's technically Sam it's St. Catharines, for, but it's Niagara yeah. Falls, right? There's yeah. tons of stuff to do tourists tons of hotels all that stuff but unfortunately they're they're just terrible on the ice if we had another hour we could get into the the ba- they made like 30 literally 30 trades between uh june when the trade window opened up again and the deadline this year and a lot that weren't making Jeez. sense like they would they would trade for a player they would trade like a fourth and six for for a player to come in and then after six games they trade him for an eight. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's just they, they won they, eleven they, games this year. They're they're giving up about fifty shots every night. Uh whenever they do Why would you even bother like, bidding? Like Well, well that, the the, yeah. the the thing is 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 the owner doesn't know how to run uh, and I won't I'm getting that. <laughs> I won't get I won't get too much because I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. But the owner and I I have a his like a little bit of a history with him because he <laughs> Sebastian's gonna get in trouble. <laughs> so he brought he 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 ran the junior B team in Brantford. Uh but this was after their glory. Brantford Junior B from the ninety niners? The uh, well yeah. they were the Golden Eagles at the time. Yeah, okay. And they were got a bit of a history in Brantford. Yeah, they yeah. were they were a great team. But then the the people who owned them, they bought the the Corvairs, I believe, in Caledonia. So everybody that was with that organization when it was at its top, mm-hmm. they moved to Caledonia and they built up the Corvairs. So this guy takes over Brantford, changes it to the 99ers. And like, you you know, when I talked to players' parents, he was just, he was just horrible to them. Like, hey, um, you know, your kid needs to work on skating. And these are kids that played like, you know, played one year of junior and then went on to the OHL. But he chased like players out of Brantford. Like, no, I don't want to play for him. I'd right. rather go drive right. an hour in, you know, a snowstorm to go play in, you know, some, some town in Simcoe. Sure. <laughs> then, then have to play with this guy. So he just ran it in the ground. I don't know if he ever had more than 12 wins in a year as the junior BGM. <laughs> this kid played on the team. Uh, that's, I'm not <laughs> touching another that. whole other debate. <laughs> so then he buys a junior A team and then, you know, he made some decent moves with them, but they still were just horrible. And then he bought the ice dogs and I, I sent I, I tweeted out a bunch of warnings to Ice Dog staff and TV people. I was like, "This isn't going to be, this isn't going to be pretty." 
Because the Ice Dogs were already in trouble with their own old ownership, who had uh, there was, was recruiting. The Don Cherry Group, wasn't it? No, no, no. That's we're, we're talking the Burks. Mississauga. This is the Burks. This was the people who bought okay. them when they moved from Mississauga to Niagara. Okay, and they had owned the Ice Dogs since '07 when they moved to St. Catharines. And for the longest time, it seemed like fantastic ownership. Everything they had some uh, recruitment violations. Okay. And <laughs> <sighs> things that I almost don't even want to get into here because, again, trouble and whatnot. Some but direct messages leaked. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. I, that's what it was. I, yeah. I forgot. So anyway, they were basically – they were like – they had they had no choice. They had to sell. It was, they were looking really bad. Uh, their sons were the guys run, were running hockey ops, the coach, the GM. They had two kids. They were doing that. Yeah. So they, there they was, sold – There was the, some, some – I don't know. Is it Would money laundering be a – because they, they it ended up coming out. You should be that, careful about what. <laughs> it ended up coming out that there was something about a car. There was a, there was like a high end BMW leased to somebody. Anyway, long story short, they sold to this guy from Brantford, okay. and it's not gotten better. And just it, it hasn't been. And I feel for Ice Dogs fans because a lot of them are great people. Yeah, absolutely. You know that that was an organization that look regardless. And I'm not saying it was all right, but regardless of whatever happened to the Burks. That you knew that every four years they were coming to compete, right? Like they they, they knew how to build a hockey team, yeah. And a lot of you know success. he 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 had come in and this new guy bought this team and shipped everybody out. I, I he he play he overplayed his hand. He doesn't have any cards, um, and it's not the most talented bunch of of kids. You know they they had their first rounder. He he, he was claimed effective. They moved him to London, of course. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> But it's it's it hasn't gone well, and even even when it wasn't going well in the beginning, he was like, "Oh no, we're one hundred percent making a bid," and you know some of his his suit buddies on on council supported him. So you know if he wants to, so, sometimes there is the the theory that some teams will put in a bid, knowing they're probably not going to get it, just so that they can go through the process of a bid for like it's like okay, here's the here's the sacrificial bid. And we'll see what's all involved, and then next time when we we're bid, actually ready, we're a little bit more prepared. But that does not seem like what's going on here. Okay. But anytime they you know they run ads in OHL rinks, like oh here's the four teams bidding, and it's just whenever it's Niagara, it's like yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> well, bef- yeah. well, before we get out of here, I want to ask you quickly because it's come to mind now with mention of Brantford, the yes. Hamilton um, Bulldogs. Yeah. Are moving to Brantford. I think we're doing another twenty minutes on this, but that's okay. With okay, me. well, no, no, so no. I gotta, I, 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 I just, do gotta correct it because it's right now. As much as we're gonna agree with what you just said, yeah, temporarily. That's what I was about <laughs> to say. They are moving for now while they renovate. <clears throat> Cops so, is supposed to be the pull, or is yeah. supposed to be, and there's a deal in place with Brantford City Council in terms of if we don't stay. We'll reimburse you for what you've invested in bringing the team here temporarily. Yeah. But there's a bunch of talk that this isn't going to be temporary no. and that they won't return to Hamilton. And Michael Anlauer, who is the owner of the team, is also one of the teams for local Ottawa people listening. Yeah. One of the bidders to own the Ottawa Senators. So there's a lot of moving parts here in terms of everybody's there's, business interests. There's, yeah, there's been theories that maybe he'll build up the Bulldogs a bit in Brantford and then sell to gain a little bit. But mind you, when you're talking about an NHL team, that's hundreds of millions. I yeah, don't think it's, 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 it's drops about, in the bucket. It's about having like the cash up front. Right. right. Some, some so type of is deal. this, do you guys think 
this is temporary or is this is are they going to set up shop and, and exist in Brantford? Yeah, so maybe to give it a little bit of backstory, a short answer: uh, they're they're staying. Okay, I could see a scenario where they could come back, but we'll get into that in a second. So basically, the whole deal is cops coliseum. For people you in know, Hamilton, for, yeah, in Hamilton, was built in the mid '80s to try and get an NHL team. Yeah, the Senators took it away. <laughs> Ended up in Ottawa. Ottawa shocked everybody. <laughs> um, and they were oh so good for those first few years. You know? <laughs> oh wait, we don't have any money or an arena. Right, darn. Kind of like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds will see. Yeah, that's right. Um, but anyways, so but the problem was when they built this rink, it was kind of at. Right at the crossroads of how arenas were being made. Yeah. A couple of years after it opened, the Palace of Auburn Hills opened, and that was like kind of a game changer. Right. That was the first like NBA, NHL arena style arena. Well, very so, similar to when the Jays built the dome. Right. You're like, exactly. this is the greatest all in one domed, open, closed thing you could ever build. Right. And like a year later, it's like, yeah, but we don't want to do that anymore. Right. We're just going to build regular <laughs> ballparks way, now. Yeah, the, way, <laughs> the way ballparks are built changed. Right. right. Now it's like, shit, we have this, this is a piece white of elephant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing happened with Hamilton. Like it was built more like Joe Louis Arena and Nassau Coliseum. Maybe right. a little bit better. Sure. But, but very old school. But pretty old school. One concourse for two bowls. Yeah. Uh, Which no is it, it, there's, there is plenty of space on that concourse. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a comfortable concourse. Yeah, but well, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I went for a Bulldogs game. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I've been to a Rush concert there when it was sold out. Is slightly so, more crowded. Yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway, like so they, uh, so that's always it. It's gotten to the point. Uh, you know, there's still that pipe dream. You know, Jim Ball's a silly comes along and sure. is like, I'm gonna let's make it seven. You know, it's and all gonna that be crap. the Penguins. Yeah, and it's gonna be the Predators. Whoever, yeah, it's gonna be nothing. <laughs> so it got to the point um, when when the whole Belleville Bulls Hamilton Bulldogs thing went down, and the, the Hamilton Bulldogs became an OHL team kind of early in the game. They tried to bid for a Memorial Cup, the 100th one that went to uh, Regina, and that was right. the one that where they opened it up. Any team from any league could bid. It wasn't the cycle. Right. Because it's the 100th. It's sure. a big deal. So Hamilton tried to bid. They got shot down. And one of the main things was like, we don't think your ice making equipment can handle high level games, games day. every day for, you know, when it's 30 degrees outside. Yeah. And so that was, and just the facilities are getting old. Like, you know, it's, it's what they have the biggest arena in the league, but it's by no means the best. Right. You know? So Ann Lauer, his idea was, well, I want to build a new, a more appropriately sized building for this city for, you know, because they do get some big concerts and stuff sure. throughout the year. But, you know, for the Bulldogs, it's just it's way too damn big. Yeah. You know, junior hockey. Yeah, for even, junior hockey. It's... And they get good crowds. Like yeah, people yeah. were people were knocking like, oh, the you know, Hamilton, they've had shots of the OHL before. No one ever goes. They get four or 5,000 people right. constantly. And their OH, game seven of the OHL finals last year, they had 12,000 people. Now, that's, that's a rarity, of obviously. Course. But yeah. during the season, they do fine. Um, so he wanted to build up on the mountain on the property of Lime Ridge Mall and the people who own the mall, uh, Cadillac Fairview, they were going to basically give him the land mm-hmm. and he was going to build a new rink, I think more like an eight, 10,000. It was still going to be big. London, Ottawa. Yeah. It was still yeah. going to be big, but way more manageable. Right. And he was, and Ann Lauer said he was going to put up, I may get a couple of things wrong about this, but he was basically going to put up half the money. Mm-hmm. To put, and then asked the city, hey, you chip in for the other half. And he was going to build a new parking garage all on his dime, all that stuff. city said, no, we want it downtown. And they have been hell-bent on let's rent out cops instead. Right. 
And so they have this plan of like this $200 million renovation and, but it's going to close cops for almost two years. Mm-hmm. It's supposed, they're supposed to start the renovation this like end of this summer and uh, it's going to go until. That's why they're supposed to play in Brantford. Yeah. And, in theory for well, temporarily. And it was in November that it came out <clears throat> basically. I guess Ann Lauer was under the impression that we could keep playing here while these renos would happen. Oh. And when in November the city and the and the whatever company it was that is going to do this renovation basically said no, no, you got it because they're trying to over and it's been kind of vague exactly what they're going to do. I've seen some renderings that you can search up online, but they're old. They're kind of a few years old now, like pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. The pandemic has stalled all this too, right? This sure. was going to happen years ago. Um, so like they're talking like I don't know if they they keep calling it a transformation of the lower bowl and. Uh, like I don't know. It's anyway. So yeah, the it's been a lot of mudslinging lately. Like uh, everything, every quote you see from Michael Landlauer about this is not very flattering. To, flattering towards the city of Hamilton. Like not like the fans. You know everything's great there, but it's well because I think even the Branford building is only like twenty. 2300 like 23000 withstanding okay. room yeah um and they had an OHL team back in the early oh, 80s way back, yeah. um and uh, you know lost them and but as my friend uh, Kevin has said like he th- believes the the economics of that city is a lot oh, yeah. now yeah you're close to the green belt like there's a lot yeah. of a lot, a lot of things of, going on in the area a lot of businesses yeah. are, have been moving so yeah. Brantford is a much different city now than it was in the mid 1980s totally, totally. so it it sounds like they're going to work. They've already sold like apparently well, like twenty four hundred season tickets. Jesus. You could probably sell more, but you have to put it like you have to have a certain percentage of tickets walk ups, yeah. walk ups and stuff. So yeah. um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it, they're going to move into this building. I think I can't remember. They did have it is out online. How many million of dollars that's going to be put into this building? But it was and already if they stay. The city of Brantford will pay it if the team leaves. And Lauer, and Lauer said, will he'll pay it. reimburse yeah. them. So we'll see what that shakes yeah. loose to and be. And then he may have a different arrangement himself if he ends up getting his hands on the Sens. Does he still want to own a junior hockey team, franchise? Yeah. That, yeah, that goes a little bit farther down the priority list, Sure, right? of course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, with – um, just this week, city council in Brantford basically voted yes to let's build a new arena here. So they're already talking like even like it's staying. Like it's not even like okay, let's see how this does for the next no, couple just, years. No, they're just it. like we're all in because okay. they want this back. And this, I don't blame them because this is their way back in, right? Like who would have? Well, thought? Brantford is a big enough city to have a junior hockey franchise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The the league won't. The league's not going to expand. So no. keep um, this one if you can. <laughs> it's yeah. It's more so there's an opportunity here and like you know. They're not going to let it go. No, that's like, your like shot. They're yeah. they're holding on to this, and you know if if it goes, when when are they ever going to get that shot again? No, hundred so, percent. Um, It'll be an interesting story to follow. I, and also, just out. as an arena guy, I can't wait to go to. A, we have a new like we have a an old barn in the OHL again. We're, we've been running low on those. The Brantford Civic Center. Yeah, yeah, at least for the next few years. Sure. Um, because other than a, there's still a couple. Skated other. on that ice a few times. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's an old barn for yeah. sure. But uh, like, you know, we're running low on those in the OHL, and, and, and you have you have to build new buildings and, and all that stuff. But like, that's part of the appeal coming up here and going to the queue, is man, they got a lot of old, yeah 
dump just still. burns. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it'll be cool to have another one. The Bulldogs are going from like 18,000 seats to like 2,500. Right. So this is going to be It's going to be a bit of a change of pace for them, yeah. for sure. I, I hope for the sake of the fans in Hamilton, somehow, some way they get another team, whether they get the AHL back like they originally had or – you know, if the Bulldogs do eventually move back or they get another OHL team, who knows? But uh, yeah. hopefully things work out for them. And then, of course, there's the whole Toronto Rock thing, too. So well, the, the basketball team, there was a basketball yeah. team playing the, out of there that, that's permanently gone now, too. Yeah, the Honey in a, le- in a league that's growing um, by the season. Like yeah, there's but, there's some solid growth in that league. They've oh. moved to Brampton and they've said that's permanent. But that's the true. Toronto Rock seem to, they're, they're all down for when the Renos are done to move back to Hamilton. But right now, nothing has been decided on where they're going. Last we heard, maybe Kitchener. But yeah. Anyway, we'll see how that all shakes loose. It'll be interesting to uh, to keep an eye on. I know you guys got a long drive ahead of you, so we'll uh, we'll wind this down. Uh, Sebastian, hit us once more with uh, where people can find information on the Black Girl Hockey Club. Yeah, BlackGirlHockey.org. Uh, they're on Twitter. Just search Black Girl Hockey Club. Instagram. Um, we we're in Canada too, so Black Rock Hockey Club Canada uh, on the same platforms. Uh, and, you know, show your support if you can financially or buy a hoodie. They're they're really stylish. Perfect. Glad you guys stopped in. I know it's a, a long trip home, but uh, you're not in the neighborhood all that often. No. So when you're here, uh, we got to make sure we do this. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll wind this one down here for Steve McLean and Sebastian Jackson. My name's Matt Robinson. Don't forget. March 17th, St. Patty's Day, over at the Need a Beer Company. Check that out at needabeer.com. Until then, let's get out of here. We'll catch you next time. That's it. I cannot work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.